Our children are going out to Children's Church with uh, Clint and Tiffany. They're making their way, grades five and below. If they'd like to go, they're welcome to. Jack, you need to stay in here. <laughs> he didn't hear me. All right, while they're going out, I'd, uh, uh, just a couple of things. As y'all, some of you know, Mr. Strickland got sort of run over by some cows earlier this week, and he is home now and doing all right, but has a slight concussion memory problem, so keep him in your prayers and as he's going through that. And, and uh, uh-oh. <laughs> I'll see you in a minute, buddy. <laughs> All right. That's my buddy. But anyway, good to have you here this morning. Uh, on Father's Day, I guess I need to start with sort of a disclaimer. Now, some of the things I'm going to say today, somebody's going to poke your lip out and get mad at me, probably. I'm going to try to keep this upbeat and cheerful, but, but it's also convicting. And as I was studying, I got a little convicted myself. So if you get a little convicted, don't say the preacher stepped on your toes. God's Word is sharper than a two-edged sword, and it will sort of hit you where you live sometimes as we think about this and look at these things. So, so let me back this off a little bit. As we look at this this morning, don't shoot the messenger. I'm just telling you what God's Word says, okay? Uh, but it a uh, very good study, and I, I thought of something to, to do for Father's Day, and I just, I guess my favorite father, one of my favorite fathers in the Hall of Scripture is Abraham. Uh, so a father like Abraham, if you'll turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 18, we'll lead, read verses 17 through 19, and then we're going to go to Genesis chapter 22 and, and look at the, the story of Abraham. Very familiar story uh, that you've all seen, but, but I just wanted to bring it out in a, as a Abraham as a father and Isaac as a son, and the things that Abraham did for his family. Um, If we'll start in Genesis chapter 18, verse 17, it says, And the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do? Seeing that Abraham so surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. Now this is the Lord speaking, for I know him, that he will command his children and his household after him, and they shall keep the way of the Lord to do justice and judgment, that the Lord may bring upon Abraham that which he has spoken of him. Father, as we study your word, we thank you for the example that you've given throughout scriptures, but in particular this morning, the story of Abraham and, and the, the father, the example that he was. Lord, help us to learn from that. Uh, Lord, as we learn, we, we see our true father in heaven and, and what uh, you mean to us and how gracious and loving and merciful and patient you are with us. Father, just help us as we study your word. Give me the words to say. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. For I know him, and he will command his children and his household after him. Uh, Brian told me this morning, it just, I don't know if it's a new revelation or what, but it's just, you know, being a father is probably the most important job you'll ever have. I could not agree more. 
Uh, I think in our society, our, today we've lost sight of that. Fathers have lost sight of that. Uh, children are, uh, we talked about before, mothers that, that think children are a burden or children are an inconvenience. And, and fathers are, well, that's just children and I'll do my best with them and, and I'll work hard to try to provide for them and all that. But mama's going to take care of the children. That's not the way God designed it. Yes, mama nurtures the children and brings them up, but fathers, you're to be a very much active part of the child's life too. God put the man and the woman to be over the children, not just the mama. And I think today, as I said, we've lost sight of that. I think if we want to get America back or we want to get our world back in, in, in the right perspective is what God wants us to do and the, the, to have decency and morality in our nation, in our world, we've got to get back to the roots. Amen. And I believe it starts with fathers. We have fathers that are not teaching that to their children. Uh, now, let me give another disclaimer. I know there are single mamas out there that are doing the best you can. Not talking about you. You're doing the best you can. You've got to be a father and a mother. Uh, I don't know how you do it. Uh, my hat's off to you. Uh, that would be a very special thing. But, but in God's design and in His perfect will and the perfect uh, way God has designed the father and the mother and the children, and that's the family. Uh, it's not a woman and woman. It's not a man and a man. It's a man and a woman and children. That's the way God designed it. We need to get back to that. So now let's look at, at Abraham. And, and I just thought that was very, uh, just so impressive of what God had said about Abraham. I know him. And he will command his children and his household after him that they will keep the way of the Lord. What a special statement. I, I hope the Lord knows that of me. Yes, I'm going to fail, and yes, I fall short. We all fall short. Abraham had his little issues too. But overall, he says, I know him. I know what he's going to do. I'm going to make a great nation out of him. As you all well, very well know, Abraham was sort of the father of the nation of Israel through which our Savior came. And that's the nation that he's talking about. Now, if you go to, to chapter 22 of Genesis, just a few pages over, this very, uh, uh, the scripture that you know very well, you've heard probably preached a million times. Uh, I just want to go over it one more time and I maybe show you some things that I feel like the Lord has shown me. And it says, in, uh, starting at verse 2, and he said, uh, this is the Lord again talking to Abraham, take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and get thee into the land of Moriah, and offer him there for a burnt offering upon one of the mountains, which I shall tell thee. Now let's just stop right there a minute. Now here's Abraham. Y'all know the story, right? He's a hundred years old when he has Isaac. Uh, the Lord appeared to him and said, Hey, I, know, I remember Sarah. I remember my promise that I made to you and that I would give you a son. They tried to figure it out on their own through Hagar and they had Ishmael. Uh, that wasn't God's plan. He says, no, I'm going to give Sarah a child. And they had this child. Abraham was 100 years old. Now the child has grown up and he's got a little older and he's now a young boy. 
and, and God says, okay, this child that I promised you and that you would have uh, many nations after you, uh, the, 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 the sands of the seas or the, the stars in the sky, you can't number the men or women, the nations that will come out of your seed, Abraham. And he says, now take your son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and offer him as a sacrifice. Hold a minute. How many are in on that? I'll tell you what, I, I, I'd be like, did I hear you right? Are you sure, Lord? Are, there, are you you're talking to me? Is it even the Lord? What's telling me this? Now, y'all, come on, get with me. You'd be honest, too. You'd be questioning, too. Abraham didn't question it. Abraham didn't question it. It says the next verse, he got up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood and the burnt offering and rose up and went into the place of which God had told him. He didn't hesitate. Abraham, was, now we're looking at Abraham as a father, uh, as a model father of, of what we should be and and uh, it had to be going through Abraham's mind, Lord, I'm not sure what you're doing here, but I'm going to trust you. I'm not sure what's going on here, but uh, you've made a promise to me, and I know you're not going to back out on a promise. So uh, I'm just going to trust you with this here. It says he rose up early in the morning. I'd like to point out some things as a father to teach your children. Get up. Get going. Get to work. Now, y'all know me. Now, I'm not very much of an early person. But look what Abraham did. It wasn't, he wasn't questioning God. Oh, my God. Another day I got to go do this. He got up early. You ever heard early bird catches the worm? He was being an example to his son, Isaac. Uh, what God says, we're not going to tarry. We're not going to put it off for six months. We're not going to think about it for the next few weeks. We're not going to pray about it. We're not going to bring it for the church and have the deacons lay hands on it. God said it. I'm going to do it. And son, come on. God's got something good for us today. We're going, uh, I'm going to sneak ahead here, but some of the verses it says in, in verse 5 that we're going to worship the Lord. Come on, son, we're going to worship. Abraham knew what God had said, and he said he prepared his son, and he took his son uh, where God commanded. What was Abraham's purpose? Verse 5, I said it, to worship. Hmm. There's a thought right there. Now, God had said, offered your son Isaac as a sacrifice. Abraham didn't tarry. He didn't waste time. He got up early the next morning and went at it. He got everything ready. Now, mamas, you, you can say amen right here. He got everything ready. He got his son ready, and they took off to go offer Isaac as a sacrifice. Daddies, is it a drudgery for you just to get out of bed and go to church on Sunday morning? A lot of them struggle with that. I don't feel like it. 
Let's go to the lake. Now, I love going to the lake. But I also love being more being in the Lord's house. I also know it's more important to be here worshiping God than it is down there ministering to the Bass family. Now, I understand. Listen, I did a disclaimer at the start of this. I know there are vacations. I'm going to go on one, and I'm not going to be here. So I know there's vacations and things come up. That's not who I'm talking to. I'm talking about the ones for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks won't darken the door of a church or won't open their Bible before their children and read. Or maybe not even say a prayer before you, before you eat your food. Bless the food. What kind of example I'm saying are, are daddies are you giving your children? Look at the example that Abraham was giving Isaac. He got about what God wanted him to do. He got him ready. Now, mamas, would you love it if your children just, or if your daddy just got the children ready for a change? Wow. Women, you can say amen. It's all right. We're a Baptist church, but we're okay. He got him ready, and they went to worship. They went to worship God. Uh, I don't believe this was unusual for Isaac. I believe Abraham regularly did this kind of thing. Let's look on down. And Abraham said to his young son, Abide ye here with the ass. And I, and um, wait a minute, I, I have skipped a bunch. Let me back up to verse 3. And Abraham rose up early in the morning, saddled the ass, took the young men with him, and, and Isaac his son, and clave the wood for the burnt offering, and rose up and went to the place which God had told them. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. Um, and Abraham said to the young men, now, now he's traveled across the country, three days journey. He sees where God says Mount Moriah uh, to offer Isaac on this mountain. God shows him that. He sees it there and he tells his, his men and helpers that are with him, y'all going to stay right here. Well, he probably didn't say y'all, but you guys maybe. I don't know, what do they say in Virginia? Yuns? <laughs> you guys, uh, you stay here. Isaac and I are going up on that mountain to worship the Lord. And that's, where, that's what's going to take place here. So, so I, as they went, uh, Isaac, Abraham didn't look at it as a burden, but as an opportunity to worship. He said, I and the lad will go yonder and worship and come again. Now, there's a couple of interesting things there. Abraham is going with the intent to worship. Uh, it doesn't appear that he is depressed and down and out and, and need to take antidepressants or, or drink alcohol or, or none of that stuff because he knows what God has said to do. He's going with gladness. Hey, Isaac, come on, son. We're going to worship God. We're going to, to obey God and his command. We're going up on that mountain. But look what he says to the rest of them. He said, we're going to go up there and worship, and then we're going to come again to you. Think Abraham knew something? You think Abraham understood something? I think he absolutely did. Whether Abraham fully understood from verse uh, 2 where God said, Offer your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, offer him as a sacrifice. That thing that's most precious to you, I want you to give it up. I want you to give it up, Abraham. 
This was a test for Abraham. It, uh, but but uh, whether he fully understood the test or not, Abraham was obedient. Abraham was, was diligent. Abraham was a good steward, Daddy. He was doing what God had told him to do. And whether he fully understood that didn't matter. He trusted what God's promise was. Uh, God would provide a sacrifice. I believe is what I, we see down here because I got to jump around a little bit. Eh? And later on, Isaac says, Daddy, where's the sacrifice? And Abraham says, God will provide a sacrifice. God will provide his own sacrifice. We'll talk about that some more in a minute. But I think as, as they're saying to these men, we're going to return. Abraham knew that God said something, I'm going to do it. And I really don't understand it, but I understand God's made me a promise. And he said this promise is going to be in Isaac, my son. So either God's going to provide a sacrifice himself, or if he makes me go through with it and sacrifice my son on the altar, he must be going to bring him back to life. Either way, we're coming back, guys. Don't you worry. That took pretty good faith, didn't it? That took a lot of faith. That took a whole lot more faith than what I've got. But I'm talking about a model father that God says, I know what he'll do. I know he's going to teach his children. I know that he's going to teach his family. He's going to be a godly example to them that they will serve me, worship me, and obey my commandments. So he says, we'll be back. See, if you go back to Genesis chapter 17, you can write this down. You don't have to turn there unless you want to. Genesis 17, 21, God is talking to Abraham again when he first gives him the promise about the son. He says, but, I, my, but my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at the set time in the next year. So we're talking about several years ago, God says, the covenant that I've said, the covenant that you'll have many nations after me, you'll be the father of many nations, a great nation of whom the, the, the Messiah will come, the Savior of the world will come. He's coming through you, Abraham, and through your offspring, Isaac. That was several years ago. God didn't forget, or Abraham didn't forget that promise that God had made. So he's going up to the mountain now, believing that God's either going to provide his own sacrifice or God's must going to be bringing Isaac back to life. Because what? Can God go back on his word? Is God a liar? Y'all can shake your head no there. No, he's not. That's one thing I said, I think, last week. There's one thing God cannot do, and that's go back on his word. He can't do it. Not because we bind him to it, because he says, I won't do it. I can't do it. When I say something, it's going to happen. You can take it to the bank. You can do whatever you want to. It's done. It's going to happen. Let's look at verse 6. I got to keep moving. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it upon Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand, a knife, and they went both of them together. Now, to me, this story here, at this point, 
just turns more awesome than it ever was. We see a glimpse of my Savior. We see a glimpse of my, and we see this glimpse of Jesus coming and dying on the cross for the sins of the world thousands of years before he comes. And we see it through a faithful father that's obedient to the commands, obedient to the promises of God. And I believe Abraham understood that to a point. Now, he may not understood it all, but I think he understood a lot of it. Because here we see this faithful father, and God used him in a great way to reveal his purpose and his plan for the redemption of all of mankind. You say, Brother Kenny, I'm seeing verse 6, and I don't see what you see. Hold on, you want to see it? It says, he put the wood on Isaac, his son. That's beautiful. Do you know when Jesus was tried before Pilate, and they sentenced him to death, John, John records it. Chapter 19, verses 6 through 17, he says, Then delivered he him... Therefore unto them to be crucified. Talking about Pilate, delivered them to the Jews to be crucified. And they took Jesus and led him away. The next verse. And he bearing his cross went forth into a place called, a place called the place of a skull, which is called in Hebrew, Golgotha. Isaac laid the wood on his son. God laid the cross on his son. Hmm. Perfect picture of Christ. The perfect picture that is being revealed thousands of years before because a father was faithful, because a father believed in God and held true to his, his word. Let's look at the next one. The fire. It says the fire was in the father's hand. He laid the wood on the son. The father was in the father's hand. Uh, Fire is almost always a symbol of judgment in scripture. And the father had the fire. Romans 5.80 says, But God commended his love toward us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood will be saved from the wrath through him. For if we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son. Much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. You see what happened? The father laid the wood on the son. God the Father laid the wood, the cross, on his son. Abraham had the fire. God has the fire and the wrath that he poured out on sin. See, Abraham was going to light that altar that would consume his son. God had the judgment to send his son to the cross. See, these churches that want to pray down fire from heaven, you better be careful. Fire is not a good thing a lot of times when it comes to God. That's God's wrath and God's judgment on sin. And he poured it out on on his son. What a beautiful picture we see 
thousands of years before in a faithful father and an obedient son. Verse 7, And Isaac said unto Abraham his father, My father, he said, Here am I, son. And he said, Behold the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? See, I think that if you look at this verse here, you can sort of get a glimpse of what's going through Isaac's mind. This isn't anything new. He's a young boy. He knew that to worship God and to present a sacrifice to God for the atonement of sin required wood, it required fire, and it required a lamb without blemish. Isaac, a young boy, understood that. Do you think he just learned it that day? No. I believe it was an example of a godly father year after year, day after day, as he would offer sacrifices to God for the atonement of his sin, looking to Jesus, who would come one day, that would be the ultimate sacrifice for our sin. I believe Isaac grew up in this atmosphere as daily his father worshiped God, and he, he would offer sacrifices. Isaac knew exactly what was going on. He knew exactly what was needed to worship, to have true worship, and to offer a sacrifice to God. And so he asked his daddy, where is it, daddy? And Abraham said in verse 8, my son, oh, this is awesome. God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. That don't make you want to shout right there. Here's Abraham. He could have been down and out depressed, but he was ready to go to worship God because he knew God would provide. He knew the promise of God and, and whether God provided a lamb or whether God raised his son back up, God will provide, son. God's going to provide a lamb that's going to take away the sins of the world once and for all. Once and for all. What a statement of an obedient father as he teaches his son, there's a lamb coming one day that's going to take all away the sins of the world to reconcile us back to God. There'll be no more need for sacrifices, son. God's going to provide the perfect lamb that will accomplish it. And when he's done, he's going to sit down at the right hand of the father. I believe they just had a shouting Holy Ghost meeting on the way up that mountain, just talking about the Savior to come and what he would do to take away the sins of the world. God himself will provide a sacrifice. What a statement as we see the picture of Christ in this story unfolding thousands of years before. Verse 9, and they came into a place which... God had told him of, and Abraham built an altar there, and laid the wood on in order, and bound Isaac his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Now I just sort of, as I read that verse, and I read it again, and I read it again, I just couldn't imagine. I'm sorry, I got to walk around. I just couldn't imagine taking something so precious, so dear to me, and just binding it up in cords. 
and lay him on an altar of wood, knowing what God has told me to do. I couldn't imagine. But here we have Abraham who's faithful, who understands the commandments of God and understands what God wants is way more important, far more exceeds anything that I would ever want. And he's obedient even to giving up the, his most precious son. Wow. That would be tough. But then the Lord just sort of spoke to him. He said, well, I don't know. I can't prove this. But what if Abraham was there and they get up to the place and they stack up the stones and Isaac's running around like stacking up stones and and he takes the wood and they lay it neatly in place on the altar. And Abraham just sort of kneels down to his son and says, Son, I want you to understand. This altar is a picture of Messiah. This altar is a picture of a Savior who will come to redeem the sins of the world. And one day God is going to lay his son on the altar. He's going to put him on a cross. And he's going to have to die for the sins of the world. See, see, way back then, our, our, our ancestors, Adam and Eve, they sinned and they separated us from God. How Abraham must have just, maybe just told him the story. And he talks about how the, 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 they, they sinned and they separated us from God. And the only way to bring us back, the only way to reconcile us back to God was through a perfect lamb, a perfect sacrifice that would have to die for our sins, son. Can you, get, can you understand that, Isaac? Yeah, 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 Daddy, I got that. And, and, and see, he's going to put him on a cross. And that's a picture of this wood here. And they're going to take him and they're going to lay him on this cross. And he's not going to just lay there free. They're going to nail him to this cross. And son, so, so how they do that, and I'm going to take these ropes, and I'm going to just sort of tie you up and bind you up, just like they're going to do Jesus one day. And they're going to lay him on a cross and fasten him there, just like I'm doing you, Isaac. And Isaac's like, yeah, Daddy, I see that. I understand that. I don't know. I can't prove that. I wasn't there. But the Bible doesn't say anything about Isaac fighting him or saying, hey, wait a minute now. I want to go back and stay with the guys. Daddy, you sort of lost it. Isaac wasn't arguing. Isaac wasn't fighting. Why? Because just as Abraham believed God and trusted God, I believe Isaac trusted his daddy. Because his daddy never lied to him. His daddy never let him down. His daddy was always there for him. He's always been there for me. And it, it, even in this time, I don't really understand what's going on, Isaac would say. But my daddy I know loves me, and he's not going to let me down now. He's going to do what he knows right in the eyes of God. And I trust my daddy just like he trusts his daddy in heaven. Do you see the picture? What a father in Abraham. So he bound Isaac and he put him on the altar. 
just as Jesus was bound and put on the cross, Galatians 1.4, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the presence of evil world according to the will of God and our Father. So Jesus went to the cross willingly. There wasn't no fussing, no kicking, no fighting. He could have called 10,000 angels. He said, no. Nevertheless, not my will, Father, but your will be done. What a perfect picture we see in Abraham and Isaac of Jesus who came for the sins of the world. And, and, and Isaac, it says, or Abraham, you, we, you know the rest of the story, he stretched forth his hand, he took the knife to slay his son. And, and I think just as he was up and, and about to slay his son, an angel appeared to him and says, Abraham, Abraham, Abraham. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't touch your son, Isaac. Don't do anything to him. For now I know that you fear me. Now I know you fear the Lord. Now I know you will keep his commandments. No need to do this any longer. It was a test. <laughs> and Abraham lifted up his eyes in verse 13 and looked and behold and behind him a ram was caught in the thicket and the thorns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. Abraham was faithful and believed God, and God provided. Daddies, you want to just sacrifice and do all this and try to do your best and hope you're going to get to heaven and and I hope you teach your kids like they're supposed to and, and do all that and be the example you're supposed to be. And let me tell you something. You know what God wants? Your willingness. Your humbleness just to say, whatever you say, Daddy, I trust you. I'm going to follow you. And I believe when we get to that point, God steps in and God shows off. And he provides his sacrifice. He provides the way that he wants you to go. He provided to me. Uh, he provided. And we, there's nothing we could do for our salvation. God gave his only son. The thing most precious and most dear to him, God laid him on a cross and poured out his wrath. And see, God didn't stop with the knife. He gave his son for you and for me to redeem us and to save us from our sin. What a beautiful picture. We see it because of a faithful father and an obedient son. And Abraham called the name of the place Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh means the Lord will provide. See, Abraham knew the promises of God. Abraham understood that God's never going to fail him. God never leave you nor forsake you. God, I don't understand it, but I'm going to trust you. See, that's what trust is. See, if I know where I'm going and how I'm going to get there and, and all the ups and downs and bumps and all the rest, and I know exactly how it's going to be, and, and I know I'm going from this point to that point, there's no trust in that. There's no faith in that. I got it figured out. But see, it's those things we don't understand that we need to trust him. 
And see, I don't understand his grace. I don't understand how he could take and love me the way I am and forgive me to offer his son for my sin. I don't understand that at all. I will one day in heaven to such love I can't even comprehend. But I believe it because he said it. And I'm trusting in my Savior that one day, whether he comes back or I die, that when I, to be absent from this body, I will be present with the Lord because of Jesus Christ. Because I put my full trust and faith in him. What a picture we see from a faithful father. Uh, I want to ask you, fathers, as I close, in the light of Abraham, and I'm not standing up here saying I'm like Abraham. I am... I'm not even, don't even be, I'm, I'm, no, nothing like Abraham. But in light of Abraham, the example of of God, and, and fathers, do you know that? Do you know that what your children see in you a lot of times is how they view God? I believe that with all my heart. Yes, we, we're supposed to be stern. Yes, we're, we're supposed to be the leaders and, and we're the, the judge of the family and we've got to make sure correction's taking place and everybody's going the right direction and all that. That's how God ordained it. But I believe we also got to be full of grace. I believe we also got to be full of mercy. I believe we've got to be patient. I believe we've got to be kind and loving unconditionally. Why do I believe that? Because that's the way my heavenly father is to me. And if I'm going to be an example of my heavenly father, I've got to be just like him. Fathers, what are you teaching your children? Do you believe what God said is true? Do you teach your children to believe what God said? Do you teach them to trust God even when you don't fully understand? Do you teach them that God is their provider? Do you lead your family to worship? See, your life is an example of what you believe. What example are you revealing about your life? Now, don't shoot the messenger. But daddies, if you ain't got time to read God's word and pray with your children... Daddies, if you ain't got time to darken the door of the church but three or four times a year, you're showing a pretty bad example to your children. What? I'm taking them to, I'm going to get, yeah. The Bible says where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. If you value your relationship with God, if you value what God says and you value what is worth and it's first and foremost in your life, guess what? Your children are going to know it. But if you don't, they'll never see you open the Bible. They'll never see you pray. They'll never, daddies too, just, just uh, this is side, no extra money. Don't teach your children it's not, it's, you can't cry. I don't believe there's a thing wrong with a tear. I believe we got to show them compassion. Yes, we got to be stern, and yes, we got to be tough. But we also got to be able to show them compassion and how to care.
See, the example you lead is what's right here in your heart. The walks, the steps you take is what's coming from your heart. What's coming from your heart, people? Father, thank you for this day. We thank you from your, for your love for us. Lord, we can't even comprehend what great love that is. We thank you for this example of Abraham. and Lord, just help us to, to lead our children, to teach our children your ways, to love you and, and to trust you and obey you and believe your promises, to just put our full faith in you, Lord, to teach them your ways. Lord, I pray for each and every father today. Lord, I pray that, they, that it wouldn't go out as a message that, that they would just try harder to change. But Lord, that they would just sacrifice their life to you and let you change their life. Because only you can change a heart. Only you can direct my path, Lord. And I pray that you do that for me and for each and every one in this place today. We thank you for your gracious, and we thank you for this message, for the presence of your Holy Spirit that I felt here this morning, in the songs, and as we've opened your word. We just thank you for this sweet, precious time that, I, that I've enjoyed just being in your presence, just to worship you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.